Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast, and winnings are also delivered in under two hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay. No big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app. To get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. That time of the week again. Go low, baby. Time to talk some golf, PGA Tour, and leading into the legendary, iconic Arnold Palmer. It's We'll, we'll dive into a little Arnold Palmer right off the bat. Bay Hill, uh, obviously it was a huge tournament last year when Bryson hit it over the water. The moment where he put his uh, hands up. He's not playing. Have a couple thoughts on that. And then since we last talked, uh, Phil Mickelson has basically lost every endorser that he had including KPMG and Callaway. When I, when I think Phil Mickelson, I think accounting, and I think Callaway. I mean, that's that that was pretty wow. And Workday dropped him. He got dropped by everybody. So it's it's been a rough, you know, 10-day stretch for all, uh, for Lefty. And, of course, at GoLoPod is the Instagram. Fire into those DMs. Get your question answered here on the show. We will also talk to Jason Sobel, as we do every week. I talked to him earlier today. On Tuesday, he's there. I think he, I think he lives right there. He had on the Arnold Palmer the, the logo. Uh, it's hard not to smile. He has he has a good story about drinking Arnold Palmers with Arnie. And Arnie just called Arnold just called it an Arnie. Give me an Arnie. Uh, you know I'm I'm a little more into the John Daly's, but um, yeah, man, just an absolute legend. So again, you want to listen to this podcast on the Three and Out feed? Make sure you subscribe. Obviously, if you're here, you've done it. Share it with your friends. At Go Low Pod, get your question answered here on the uh, with your, with the DMs, and we'll dive in. Go Low Pod. I wanted to start with Arnold Palmer because as I've aged, when I was a kid, you know, beside like my dad, you just you idolize athletes. You know, you want to be like Barry Bonds or Steve Young, and then the older you get, you realize, you know, I can't hit home runs. You know, I, I can't throw touchdowns. 
and you change and your life changes, you mature. And it, in definitely, probably not as much into my 20s, but definitely into my 30s, you know, I've, I've grown to idolize businessmen and great businessmen, forward-thinking businessmen. And I don't know if Arnold Palmer, just in the, uh, the universal respect, he gets it in the golf community where he's, a, where he's just an iconic figure. As Jack Nicholas said, he made golf cool. And let's face it, in the 50s and the 60s, golf was not cool. Golf, really before Tiger Woods, was an elitist sport. Only rich white people played it. But Arnold Palmer, you know, a kid from Latrobe, Pennsylvania, and I got a special place in my heart having lived in Philly for a couple years for PA guys, there's a toughness to them, just resonated. And obviously he had a panache to him. But when I think of Arnold Palmer, I don't just think of the great golfer. Over, over COVID, I watched a documentary on him and was blown away. Obviously, the drink. You know, when you think Arnold Palmer, you know, people my age, you know, under 40, you think, you know, lemonade and iced tea. And clearly, he changed the, uh, I mean, it's, it's just an iconic drink. But in that documentary, and I didn't know this, that when the Golf Channel was, when they were thinking about putting the Golf Channel together in the mid-90s, and Arnold was always a forward-thinking businessman, he was flying private in the 70s and the 60s before even rich people flew private. But he realized he could save so much time by getting on a private plane and getting you know to his destination. And then he put the, uh, you know, the umbrella logo on it, and the rest is history. But in the, in the mid-90s, when cable TV was really taken off, People had this idea to start the Golf Channel. And Arnold was a multi, you know, was worth hundreds of millions of dollars at the time. He went into this uh, to this negotiation with people involved in it. And his lawyers and accountants looked at him halfway through or toward the end. Arnold, I do not recommend you do this. This is not a good idea. And he looked at them and he said, if I didn't hit a ball, a few balls over the years, between some tight spots and take some risks in my golf career, because he was known as a risk taker on the golf course, none of us would be sitting here. I'm all in. And he did it, and the rest is history. And as someone who consumes more golf channel than any other channel on TV, honestly, for me, it's not even close. I watch a ton of golf channel or CNBC. Those are really the two channels that I watch. And then obviously, if games are on, Fox, ESPN, whatever. But if a game's not on, I'm not watching those channels. Watch Coward. Uh, so I watch FS1, you know, from my office the majority of the week. But other than that, like, Golf Channel's on it, where I come from. And it would not have been possible. And maybe it, it definitely eventually would have happened. But this guy was the forefather of the Golf Channel. And for everything Tiger Woods did the game, and everyone that likes playing golf, hell, I'm talking about golf now, owes a debt of gratitude. I heard Pat Perez say this. Every penny of the pip for the next 10 years should go to Eldrick Tiger Woods. Every penny, $400 million over the next 10 years. Give it to Tiger. I don't disagree. But Arnold Palmer deserves a huge, just, you know, standing ovation for what he brought to golf, what he did to golf, and making this tournament, I mean, a really big deal. Uh, and as someone that loves, again, his John Daly's with Tito's, uh, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to this tournament. And a big reason was because I remember last year being absolutely locked in to the Bryson DeChambeau show. And I think one thing Bryson has done, and unlike Tiger and Arnie, like Bryson's not that cool. You know, Bryson's just this kind of weird scientific meathead. But when he got really big and he started hitting at 370, 360 yards, he transcended sports. 
people in, that follow baseball, people that follow basketball, people that follow football. He became easily, not like Tiger or Phil, one of the most famous guys playing golf. You could argue besides Spieth and Rory, Bryce, you just say Bryson DeChambeau to a casual sports fan, they know who that is. And obviously, once upon a time, I think Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox had the commercial. Chicks did the long ball. It's true. So do dudes. We are fascinated by the long ball. And no one was hitting it quite like Bryson DeChambeau. And last year, when he hit that ball over the sixth hole, the irony is Lee Westwood, they both birdied the hole. It was really cool to watch. It was a thing. It was a moment for the PGA Tour. And all the Saudi stuff, it started getting jaded. Clearly, a lot of guys on tour do not like the guy. That much is not even arguable at this point. But he has, and I said this for a while, when he ultimately pledged, kind of pledged his allegiance, but just said, at the time being, I'm staying on the PGA Tour. That was a big deal. Golf needs Bryson DeChambeau. You know, PGA Tour golf needs him on their tour. But they also need him healthy. And I think sometimes when you get really big out of nowhere, I was watching, maybe it was like the 2000, the Golf Channel was replaying an old tournament And they showed Bryson was hitting shots. It was like, God, sometimes you forget how skinny the guy was. And now he's got this wrist injury. And he couldn't play this week. And, you know, they have that big Seminole. It's the nice private golf course in Florida uh, run by Jimmy Dunn. Big, you know, mover and shaker in the golf world. Uh, Bryson was supposed to play in that. He had to back out of that. And he obviously backed out of this. And now the question is, will he be ready for the players? I don't know. And remember last year, he was in the mix for the players up until basically Sunday. And Augusta, who we're always fascinated to watch Bryson at Augusta. Can he figure it out with some of these crazy lines? I think it's all in doubt. And that makes me sad. Because someone that wants golf to be as relevant as possible, they need this guy involved. They need this guy hitting 370-yard drives. Whether they're in the trees or down the middle, he moves the needle. And he's one of the rare guys right now in golf that truly moves the needle. You put him on TV, the casual guy will pay attention. I'm paying attention no matter what. I'm watching Pat Perez. I'm watching Sepp Straka. Or I'm watching Bryson or Rory. It, it doesn't matter to me. But I'm not normal. I also watch Jags Texans. Most people watch Cowboys Packers. Right? So you, you want the more casual fans you can get, the more successful your business is. And that's Tiger brought that in droves. The pandemic really helped out golf because of uh, so many people started playing golf. Now you need your star players. And they, golf obviously is loaded with them. Rom, Morikawa, all these guys. JT, Spieth, Kepka. They, they got a ton of guys. They need this guy around. And they need this guy to get healthy. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that his wrist, like this isn't a season-long injury. Like if this was basketball or baseball, we might be talking like, are they putting him on injury reserve? Is he going to be out months? We don't know in an individual sport like this because ultimately Bryson controls the message. And nothing really leaks if he doesn't want it to leak. So we got no clue. Clearly, I think people think he's injured, like pretty badly. And he's missed a lot of time now. And I would have said, I I was kind of on the fence, like, you know, is he playing this up because he's trying to avoid, you know, the circus that is him decline in Saudi and involved with Saudi. But he wouldn't have missed this tournament. Not when you're the defending champs. Champ, no way. Not this moment that really became kind of his, this became his logo with those two hands pointing. So uh, it's just something to keep an eye on. I, I, I just... I, I want him back at minimum for the Masters. And then since we last talked, Phil, uh, it's been a really, really shitty 10 days for Phil Mickelson. You know, and, and I've said over and over, like, I, I, I just think that he misplayed his hand. 
You know, I think sometimes you can become very negative when you're in your own little world and it can overcloud your mind, no matter how good you have it, no matter how bad you have it. But I think sometimes, and I say this a lot about the super, super rich, they, they can live in a very, uh, in this bubble mentality. And I think sometimes the super rich and the famous, they don't have many people telling them things they don't want to hear. And Phil, as someone told me through text, one thing Phil and Greg Norman share is they're big thinkers. They're very aspirational. They're just, you know, obviously they're diehard capitalists, but they're just big thinkers, which I appreciate. I really do. Like, I like those type people. They do not think small. They're swinging for the moon. But there's a balance between doing that. Phil Mickelson is not Elon Musk. He's not able to say whatever he wants. He's not the CEO. He's just a cog in this thing. And one thing, golfers, more than other pro athletes, if I'm making $200 million playing baseball or basketball, and I say something really stupid, and my sponsors drop me, well, if I'm making $30 million a year, who cares? Phil makes the majority of money and always has off the course. I mean, his career earnings are $90 million. If he's worth $800 million, you do the math. He made all that money for being a marketer. And I would say that no human being, you could argue in my lifetime, the three best marketers are Michael Jordan, first and foremost, Tiger Woods right behind him. Those guys push products, you know, like, like, like it's crack in the 80s. It, it ain't even a fair fight. I, Tiger Woods changed society. Think how many people, now that you guys are going back to your office, wear the Nike polo to work. Think how many brands, I'm wearing one right now, Puma. All these brands, Under Armour, uh, Adidas, created this material that Tigers, that Nike was on the forefront of doing. Nike polos. Polos are nice. They're comfortable. They're breathable. Obviously, Tigers golf apparel changed the game for Nike. But Phil was very similar, but with a different crowd. Tiger transcended everyone because anyone can buy, you know, on a cheap rack, whatever, a $30, $40 Nike pair of pants or a Nike collar shirt. Phil played, and same with Michael. You know, Michael, you had to have a little more money to buy shoes, but, you know, you can find Jordan brand t-shirts or whatever for cheap. Phil played the high-end crowd. Phil was like the Roger Federer of golf, playing to the super rich, and no one played better to the super rich than Phil. He spoke their language. He wanted to be like them. He thought like them. He loved money. He was, you know, listen, people talk like gambling is a bad thing. Everyone I know worth their salt growing up, people that I that I grew up around that were successful businessmen, every one of them were risk takers. And when you're a risk taker in business, it's you're a gambler. You're gambling on yourself. You're gambling on your company. So I think a lot of people talk shit about Phil being a gambler. To me, that's a good quality. I've been gambling for 20 years. Most of my close friends gamble too. Like I don't view gambling. I think it has this negative connotation, less and less. But you know, it's different than doing twenty dollars bets on FanDuel and like you got the balls to make a five hundred thousand dollars bet. Well, if you're worth two hundred million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars is no different. If I'm worth a million dollars and I bet you know five thousand dollars, money's all relative. So I, I think the average person always freaked out at Phil gambling. Like I, I found that like it's part of his personality. It's also why he won all the majors. It's also why he lost some. He was really aggressive. Arnold Palmer, big gambler. I don't know necessarily on sports, but I just mean his mindset. He was a gambling individual, i.e. the golf channel. Took balls to do that. 
You know, most people don't have the stones. Most people want to stay in the slow lane. Most people won't put it all in the middle of the table. But when you believe in something, you have to take calculated risks or you don't get anywhere. Welcome to America. That's the way capitalism works. Now, sometimes it bites you in the ass because sometimes there's a balance of being really aggressive and then being greedy. And Phil, clearly Phil kind of crossed that line. And now, like, Callaway dropped him? I can't imagine over the last 20 years or however, I think Phil got involved with them in like the early 2000s. They have had a more profitable individual be involved in their brand than Phil Mickelson. And ultimately, KPMG, like, I don't know how much business Phil was directly drawing them, but it was a big deal to have their brand on his shirt or on his hat, on that Milan hat. Like, that was a really, really big deal. Phil was a marketing cash cow for these people. They loved being associated with Phil because of the positive vibes he brought them and obviously the salesmanship that he brought them. Like, an underrated part about Tiger is like, Tiger, I, I think, you know, for even in when his younger days was known as kind of this dick and kept to himself, ask anyone that was involved in some of his corporate events, like Tiger could turn on the charm. Tiger knew what he was doing. Tiger knew where his bread was buttered. But no one knew where their bread was buttered quite like Phil. And I, I don't know, like, listen, you never say never in America. Things change. Things turned over. We love to beat, you know, take a guy to the mountaintop, drag him back down and let him climb back up. The problem is, when Tiger, you know, had the incidents with Elon, and you remember Buick and some of the people dropped him, which was stupid. You know, this guy made you so much money and you weren't loyal to him. Well, Nike was. And think how they profited. You know, when he won the Masters in 2019? You know, when he's cool again? Uh, now, the difference is, that happened to Tiger in his, yeah, I think he was 33, 34 years old. Phil Mickelson's 51. And let's face it, you become 51 years old, you're not as marketable anymore. Tiger still had many, many marketable years right, in his 30s and his early 40s, and again, won the Masters. And hell, if Tiger comes back, can you imagine the story? And I do expect Tiger to play this year. When he comes back, that will be one of the biggest sports stories of the year. And Nike will direct... Same with Monster. Same with Monster. They got involved in that bag immediately when Buick left. You think Buick regressed that one? I bet they do. I bet they do. But I don't know like how Phil's going to get these guys back. At 51 years old, like it's, it's kind of a problem. So it just shows you, if you're Elon Musk, you can say whatever you want. You know, when you're Phil Mickelson, and ultimately you're not the decision maker, you, you basically work for people, you do got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. And telling Shipnuck that a couple weeks ago had major, major consequences on the guy's bank account. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. 
Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, back at it again. Live, it looks like, from Bay Hill. He has the Arnold Palmer hat rocking. Uh, Jason Sobel, you can hear him every day, Monday through Wednesday, 2 to 4 Eastern on uh, the PJ Tour Sirius XM channel, number uh, channel 92, as well as uh, Links and Lock. Locks and Links? I saw you tweeted out. Links and Locks. And, uh, of course, he puts out every week on the Action Network it's become a must-read, his, uh, his kind of his betting preview. And I wanted to start there, Sobel. Uh, you have Zalatoris this week. 
you know, it, this, you know that that Rom number we've talked about, right? When he's eight to one, that it's got like a tiger feel to it, and it's, he just doesn't win at that rate enough. But Zalatoris, the guy that hasn't broken through yet, uh, hit me with that one. What, what are your thoughts on, on Willie Z this week? Okay, John. First, first things first. Uh, I'm wearing the. Bay Hill hat here at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. I I get it. I don't usually do that. I mean, it's sort of like wearing the Guns N' Roses t-shirt to the Guns N' Roses concert, and you kind of you, you can't be that guy, but this is my hometown event. I love it here. I live 10 minutes away, and so I, I'm representing the tournament just a little bit today. So in any I case, like it. In, in any case, uh, let's get to the pick this week, which, yes, uh, my favorite outright, Will Zalatoris. We've seen four first-time winners on the PGA Tour over the last five weeks. By comparison, in 2021, starting in January, it took 25 events to get four first-time winners. So we've seen a lot of them. I don't know that I'd call it a trend, but it's at least a, a nice coincidence to have in in the last month or so. And I do think that can extend to a guy who we know he's a world-class ball striker. We know T to green. He's really good. He doesn't have the greatest putting stroke in the world. We understand that, too. It looks a little ugly at times coming off the putter face from Zalatoris. But that said, putting tends to be neutralized a little bit here at Bay Hill. And what I mean by that is your scoring clubs are going to be driver off the tee. It's going to be the iron. It's going to be the wedges where, uh, look, you can hit it close and make some putts and make some birdies, but it's not a place where you're going to be rolling in 20-footers all week. In fact, when looked at all the players in contention on the leaderboard last week, only two of them had ranked inside the top 15 in strokes gained putting for the entire week. So uh, you can have success here without putting extremely well, and that's what I'm banking on this week. A lot of the guys that I do like are guys who aren't traditionally the best putters out here. Well, then, you know, I, I know you had this guy listed in your, uh, in your column, Hideki who has really, the last couple years, really since that Masters victory, has been unreal. Uh, he, he lives around uh, in this area. His putting has been much better as of late. I mean, just for just in terms of an outright uh, in, in a top five, I mean, would you be shocked if Hideki's not in the mix uh, this week? Look, it wouldn't shock me. He's, he's played this event six times, made the cut every time, but only, I believe, one result better than uh, top 15 and one, one result inside the top 15 so you look at Hideki and you say it, it should fit him really well he fits the profile of guys that play this course really well he's a great player tee to green yes he's starting to putt a little bit better plays and practices right down the road about five ten minutes away at the golden bear club at Keens point and so uh, he knows the conditions it's one thing to know the golf course and a lot of the guys know the golf course here but to be playing and practicing and prepping for this one just down the road just nearby and you kind of know what the grass is like you kind of know how the weather conditions are reacting certain things like that I do think that helps and so the fact that he's not parachuting in this week and then getting out of town the fact that he's been around should help him this week and doesn't have as good a record as I would have thought that he should have at this event but yeah I, I do like him this week probably won't have him outright john the number's just a little too short for me but other platforms if you like them for a one and done pool if you like them for dfs lineups i, I certainly don't mind it i got a name for you uh Please. this guy plays well on tough golf courses he's he looks like he had a good week last week he, even though he three putted 18 what about gary woodland uh you know 60 to one a little bit of a longer shot but a guy to be in the mix top five top ten uh, he's got some momentum now coming off last week playing in Florida. What do you think about Woodland? 
Just saw Gary Woodland about 10 minutes ago on the practice screen. Didn't get a chance to speak with him. He was working on things. Just said hi and kind of walked past. But Gary Woodland's a guy that I've been waiting for a big bounce back, a big rebound, because he is much better than the results have been showing recently. Finally played well last week. And, yes, you're right, plays tough golf courses really well. I don't mind that play whatsoever. Uh, this is a guy where uh, he can hit that stinger. He hits a low ball off the tee, whether uh, it's with a driver, whether it's with a, a low iron, that he can keep it in the fairway, flight it down, get some roll out here. It's going to be fast and firm. And so, yeah, I, I do think that he tends to fit that profile and he tends to uh, – uh, play tough course, tough golf courses really well, so I do like that play. I think that's smart. You had this guy as a long shot, and I've bet him over the years, and I can never get him right. Uh, Keegan Bradley, uh, sell him to me this week. You know, I mean, for putting 20 bucks, given he's, you know, well over 100 to 1, uh, not crazy at all in terms of a long shot, but I just, whenever I bet him, Jason, he, he doesn't even come close. So well, why, why is this week? Why, why do you like him this week? Another guy I saw earlier today walked down the first hole with him, and uh, I will say he made a par there on the first hole. It, it was fine. Hit it in the fairway, hit it to about 15 feet, missed the putt. But, uh, again, it comes back to exactly what I was saying about Zalatoris, what I was saying about Matsuyama. I want guys who are proficient tee to green. I want guys who are really good strokes gain tee to green, guys who are ball strikers. And – Keegan Bradley is not a guy who's going to lead the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. He's not a guy who's going to go out on a, on a given week and putt it really, really well. I just need an average putting week out of these types of players. I just need them to do your usual damage from tee to green and then putt it pretty well. He loves this golf course. Nine straight made cuts, uh, two top five finishes. He's played well here in the past. Speaking with him, seems relaxed, seems confident, seems like he's ready to get this thing going. I, I really like him also, John, as a first-round leader play. Tends to get off to good, hot starts. I don't think there's much of an advantage for morning wave or late wave, so I don't think tee times are going to matter too much. But I do like Keegan for this week, uh, uh, not just for the first round, but for all four rounds. Uh, obviously, the biggest story out there probably this week is the defending champion is who's injured. Uh, not able to attend, and he gave that you know kind of video yesterday. Just the expectation, the buzz you're hearing out there. I mean, the players. Is he a lock for the Masters? I mean, clearly this injury, you know, is not nothing. You know, if, you, if your wrist yeah. hurts, it's hard to play, especially the way Bryson plays. I mean, what's do you, do you educated guess any expectation for Bryson DeChambeau next time we see him? Yeah, it's really hard right now. It, it sort of reminds me of what we saw from Daniel Berger a few weeks ago, if you recall. Daniel Berger was the defending champion at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, had to skip it this year, and, and had a little injury, had a back injury, came back the next week in Phoenix, and I spoke with him for a while on Wednesday in Phoenix, and Berger told me, look, it was more precautionary than anything. If that had been a major championship last week, I would have played, but I, I just didn't want to go out there when I wasn't 100% and might have injured myself more. And so... Uh, same type of situation. And then, of course, we saw how well Berger played this w past week until Sunday. So he wasn't that far off from playing some very good golf. Bryson DeChambeau, like Berger was at that point, is the defending champion this week, decides to take this week off, at least from the whatever, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter video that he put out. I don't know what exactly we're calling it, but uh, he sounds like... He's doing this for precautionary measures. He's not quite 100%. What does that mean moving forward? Does that mean we see him next week at the players? 
I, I don't know. I mean, that's it's coming up very soon. Does that mean we don't see him until the Masters? I, I don't know that either. So it's just kind of a wait and see for Bryson. What I will say about him, though, John, is the fact that and Kyle Porter from CBS Sports tweeted this out on Monday. The fact that the season, the PGA Tour season, is about 40% complete right now. Bryson has played two events and made the cut in just one of them. He's something like 197th on the FedEx Cup points list. It's getting late early, and I get it. We haven't played the majors yet. There's a lot of big-time events still left to play. You, you can still easily catch up if you're far behind. But, boy, making two starts and only making one paycheck in the first 40%, first two-fifths of the season, that, that doesn't seem like a, a really good uh, barometer for where your season's going to go from here. One last name. I mean, are, are we ever going to bet Rory in any tournaments coming forward? Or we just is he just kind of floating around? If he comes through, then we'll be shocked. But it doesn't feel like he's really on our radar right now. Is that fair to say? Uh, no, not really. You know what? If you're going to do it, do it this week. This is the one where I like Rory. Granted, it's a short number. But, uh, look, if you gave me Rom, who's what, seven and a half, eight to one in most books, or Rory, who's 10 to 1, 11 to 1. If you said, hey, you can have either one of those guys at 10 to 1, which do you want this week? I still take Rory. I get it. Rom's the favorite. Rom's the best player in the world. But Rory has played so well on this golf course, won it back in 18. He's got six finishes of 11th or better in seven career starts here at Bay Hill. And so he loves this place. I, I think it's a good spot to take Rory. Now, do you want to chase a 10 to 1, 11 to 1 number? Not really, but um, one and done pools, uh, DFS plays, if you want to take him just for a top five, I, I do think this is a nice week for him. And speaking of barometers, I think this is a really good barometer for Rory moving forward. He's played well so far this year. Granted, limited starts, two on the, the DP World Tour, the Euro Tour overseas, and then one here in the States where he finished in a share of 10th place. So, uh, look, he's been playing well. The ceiling is as high as it's always been. The floor doesn't seem as low as it's been over the last couple of years. Last couple of years, if Rory didn't have his good stuff, it, it could have been really bad. It was, hey, I'm slamming the trunk come Friday. It seems like that floor is higher. And what I mean by that is even his B game or his C game can still get him up there somewhere close to the leaderboard. And so I, I kind of like I like him a lot this week. I kind of like him moving forward. So I, I can see betting Rory in the very near future. Well, the player's right around the corner. This The Arnold Palmer's hard to beat. This is, uh, this is a great week-and-a-half stretch. It's not doesn't get much better than this, but non-major. No, nah, it's really good. I like this. I know that last week a lot of people might have been turned off a little bit, saying, eh, no top ten players, and, you know, the Honda doesn't have the greatest field. Uh, look, if, if that's why you watch golf, and I think that a lot of people listening right now watch for reasons other than just to see the best players. If you're betting on it, you understand, hey, uh, even an event that doesn't have great players in it, I can still bet. And in fact, I like betting those more. And so uh, you can find some reason for personal investment in any event. But if you're more of a casual fan, you like seeing the big names, you like seeing the great tournaments, uh, the next week and a half, like you said, John, are going to be really, really fun. Thanks, Sobel. Enjoy the week. And uh, you don't, don't drink too many Arnold Palmers out there. Uh, you know, you kind of have to here. I once went to a luncheon. No, you do. Uh, when you I was do. with Arnold Palmer, and he was speaking, and there were about 40 people in the room. All 40 of them ordered an Arnold Palmer for lunch. Uh, it, you just can't do it. Uh, you can't do anything else when you're around him, and now that he's uh, no longer with us when you're here, it just feels like something you have to do. 
I can't even imagine drinking an Arnold Palmer around Arnold Palmer. Absolutely. I mean, how, how does it get any better than that? You know what he used to say? He used to say, can you get me an Arnie? One say, can I have a me? One say, an Arnold Palmer. Can you get me an Arnie? I, I love that. That's awesome. Have a great day, Sobel. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Okay, you guys want to do a little mailbag? Pretty easy to do. You go to Instagram. It's this little uh, website app owned by uh, Facebook. Maybe it's called Meta now. And uh, you you look up at Go Low Pod. At Go Low Pod is, uh, is my handle. So you fire up in those DMs and get your questions answered here on the show. It's really, really simple. Start with Noah. Question for the bag. Why do guys skip tournaments? I understand taking a week off here and there or every other week, but for example, JT nor Xander are in the field for the Arnold Palmer, whereas Rom, some of the other big guys, are playing. Is it to get ready for the players? Probably a tough question, but just thought you might have some insight. I've heard countless players talk about, you know, we use the word analytics a lot in sports. Well, these, all these Especially the, you know, if you're a top 100 player, you have a team, coach, uh, manager, and these teams put together analytical, uh, you know, spreadsheets of what courses you play well at and what courses you should avoid. It's why a lot of, you know, shorter hitters avoid Torrey Pines. Some guys avoid the Honda and Arnold Palmer for whatever reason. Obviously, there are certain tournaments you're never going to avoid, right? Any of the WGCs, the players, the majors. But other than that, like, guys are going to pick and choose where they play well at, where their course history is. I heard, you know, Justin Thomas never played Torrey Pines. And then last year, he played in the U.S. Open, and he's like, damn, I like playing here. So he started playing there this year. I've heard Webb Simpson say that he avoids that certain tournament. You know, and obviously, the bigger the purses, guys are going to gravitate toward. But... I think a lot has to do with the analytical models that your team has telling you where you should play. And different guys, I think, have different processes leading up to big tournaments. I mean, the players next week, $20 million prize purse. $20 million. I bet the winner gets $3.5 million. So if JT, who's the defending champ, feels like he's better off practicing or, or Xander, you know, it's it's hard for me to say why not. Some guys feel better getting in the rhythm of a tournament. Probably why John Rahm is playing the Honda. Because I don't I don't know why John Rahm would play the Honda. I saw, I, I had someone DM me that they bet on Sepp Straka 140 to 1. That is a fantastic hit. I want to give a couple of my bets actually really quick for this weekend. I have Keegan Bradley and Gary Woodland to top five. I think Gary Woodland's like 12 to 1 and Keegan Bradley is 18 to 1. I've had a lot of success the last couple weeks doing top fives and top tens. Uh, If I don't feel good about a favorite or betting on someone to win, I'm going to avoid. Now, I sprinkled a little on each guy to win, but I'm going to do, you know, a $100 bet on both those guys. Hideki, I'm going to do for the first time just a straight up bet against another guy. Where I gamble, you can bet Hideki straight up versus Sun JM. I like Hideki. I'm going to start doing some, you know, I did group betting last week. I took Gary Woodland over, I think, Matt Wolf, Matt Jones, Mito Pereira, and Jonathan Vegas. And that paid five to one. 
So I'm going to start expanding a little on my golf betting because, listen, hitting a winner is incredible. I had $50 on Shane Lowry at 30 to 1. I was in the driver's seat until I wasn't. And it's it's an awesome high. But I do think if you like guys like Jason Day, I'm going to take a, I'm going to sprinkle a little on him to top five finish. That's 12 to 1 as well. Uh, I, I bet a little last week, and it's kind of stupid because it's, you know, it's a pretty big Hail Mary. Who knows who's going to be the round one leader? But God damn, those odds are incredible. So I sprinkled a little bit on some random guys. You know, Keegan Bradley, Gary Woodland, uh, Sergio Garcia. I don't even know. I mean, there's no, to me, there's no rhyme or reason to that one. Maybe someone could talk me out of that. But uh, so I got Jason Day to top five. I got Hideki over Sunjay and then Keegan and Woodland to top five and a little sprinkled to win as well. Can you talk about how bad golf highlights are on YouTube? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a, I don't really watch many golf highlights on YouTube. I did go back and watch. I would highly recommend Stevie Williams has a podcast right now, and it's just talking about Tiger. It's called Chasing Majors. It's just the first like four episodes are him telling a story on the PGA Championship, Pebble Beach, and then St. Andrews. And it's just about Phil. It's just about Tiger. It's it's freaking awesome. I, I can't recommend it enough. Stevie Williams on Tiger. It's awesome. Because someone actually DM me. You got to listen to Chasing Majors podcast with Stevie. Some amazing Tiger stories. I, I, I don't think we give it enough credit. Tiger Woods, when he won the Tiger Slam, the US Open, St. Andrews, then he won the PGA, then he won the Masters in 2001. He won the U.S. Open and St. Andrews back-to-back majors by 22 shots. Back-to-back majors by 22 shots. I'm pretty confident we're never going to see that again. 22 shots, two majors, the U.S. Open and the Open? That is insanity. What a legend. What do you think happened to Ricky Fowler? He was young, talented kid who seemed to have a promising career and the PGA really pushed to make him a star. He obviously never reached the level they thought he could, though he seemed to occasionally find himself around the top of the leaderboard semi-regularly. But, the la- but, almost, but he's almost disappeared largely over the past two seasons. Was his talent just never on par with his popularity? Curious your thoughts. I'll hang up and listen. My overall take on Ricky is, The game changed a little bit from when he showed up to where it is now. He doesn't hit the ball that far. And once upon a time, he was one of the best putters on tour. He no longer is. But I also think that we bemoan Ricky's career. Ricky definitely never lived up to the hype, right? I think they wanted him to become a Justin Thomas. They wanted him to become, you know, a Jordan Spieth. Those guys have, you know, 13 to 15, you know, PJ Tour wins. I think JT's going to win 20 plus. JT's going to win a couple majors. Speeth might win the Masters eventually again. But Ricky Fowler won five times on the PJ Tour. He's finished second in three of the four majors. He's finished second in the Masters, the US Open, and the Open Championship. And he also finished third in the PJ Championship. His 2014 season, he finished second at the Open, second at the US Open, and third at the PJ Championship. Like, he's a pretty accomplished player. He was PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. He doesn't hit the ball far enough. He doesn't hit the ball well enough. And he no longer is an elite putter. So if you're not going to hit the ball very far, you got, one, you got to be really accurate. He no longer really is. And you have to have a dominant, dominant short game. He just doesn't. You know, I mean, he's just, 
I think it's going to be very, very difficult for him to stay on tour at this rate now because of how much money he's made in his career and, uh, you know, he's top 50 all-time earnings. You know, he's not going anywhere, but I have a hard time seeing him compete to win anymore. I I, I really do. You know, I, I, I just think the game... Think how many... Like, Colin Morikawa right now is second in shot game, shot game shots gained on the green. So he's second in putting right now. Think about that. Like, that's pretty crazy. Obviously, Rom's a really good putter. I think Brooks a really good putter. I, I just... I don't know. I just don't see it with Ricky. He's just in major, major trouble. And golf's very hard because when you lose it, it's why I, I talked about it last week with Jordan Spieth. He was losing it. He was falling off a cliff. And he kind of remade himself. Now, Jordan was a much better player than Ricky. So I, I think it's a little unfair to compare the two. But I don't know. I mean, I... I'm trying to find Ricky Fowler's career earnings. He's 23rd all time. I had a Hideki, I had a Kepka, I had a Patrick Reed, I had a Leishman, Henrik Stenson, John Rahm, who will surely pass him. You know, he just, he's just going to start getting passed. You know, he's made $40 million in his career. I would imagine he's made another 100. He's made a ton off the, court, off the course. So he's financially set up for life. But I think it's going to be very, very difficult to like now that Phil can no longer CBS can never touch him as a broadcaster, even though I can see Phil begging, you know, if he if he can't get a job, uh, I could see Ricky holding that down because Nick Faldo is terrible. I, I would put Ricky Fowler in, in there instead of uh, instead of Nick Faldo and get Ricky and Jim Nance. I think you'd be cooking with gas there. Appreciate everyone listening. Keep those questions coming. Go low pod. Slide up into those DMs. And uh, we'll all talk soon. And enjoy this weekend of the Arnold Palmer. Have a have an Arnold Palmer. Peace. Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This'll never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.